Welcome everybody to this episode of The Call Sheet. I'm your host, filmmaker AJ Wedding. Flipping through my old call sheets looking for interesting guests from the film and TV industry. This guy's been on a lot of my call sheets. A lot. Especially in the last, uh, what, four or five years. And um, and in a lot of different positions. Uh, you know, one of the things I always say uh, to people who want to get into the film industry is learn everything. You know, do anything. Don't specialize. You know, get to understand filmmaking as a whole. And uh, this guy next to me here uh, is, is doing just that. Please welcome Marky Mark. That's a nice intro. Uh, well, you know, I could get into all the things that you've been doing, but that's kind of what the whole podcast is, so I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> that's very true. Uh, I, th- I think you kind of intuitively knew that coming to this town, you know, because you're mostly an actor, and mm-hmm. uh, there's so many things that you do beyond that that you're so great at, and I force you to do other things, <laughs> like uh, like being an AD, which I'm sure... <laughs> is uh, your favorite thing to do. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Top of the list. But but you do it and that's the point is like you do the things that need to get done and and that's how you build great relationships in this business and and why, you know, I'm always going to use you for everything I do in in any way that I can get you to do something, you know. It's yeah, like yeah. Hey, do you want to uh be the stunt coordinator on this one? You know, do you want to do the uh fight choreography? Um and and Mark here has had uh Holy cow! Uh, a lot of experience in martial arts and and fight choreography and stunt coordinating and all the above. All the above, yeah. right? Yep. Jeez. Um, so so tell me about when you first moved to Los Angeles. Yeah, so I uh, I moved here in 2011, um, and originally it was just for martial arts. Hmm. I was like, I want to compete. I want to train to be high level, and you know, with martial arts in general you can't do it to a super high level when you're older. I mean, you, you can, but you know, your body, yeah, there's give and take, right? So I was like, I want to train this super hard while I'm young and get as far as I can before I transition to anything else. And at the time I was like, I'll come out here, I'll train for a little bit and then I'll move back home and get a job. And I don't know, my dad works in energy and that's what I was going to school for before I moved to California. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll just go back to do that. Um, Luckily, I moved in with a guy named D.Y. Sal, who I think you know, but mm-hmm. um, martial artist, stuntman, actor. Uh, and he was like, hey, I need someone to read with me for some auditions. Are you down to do it? So that's kind of how I first got introduced into film, was just helping out my roommate. And then he also ran a stunt class. So then I started taking stunt classes with him. And it just kind of blew up. And we started doing indie film projects and, and movies and then. I just kind of fell into it, um, even though, you know, like for me, I started, I do Kung Fu or Wushu, and the first person I saw doing it was Ray Park. Um, I had no idea what it was. I just was like, oh, that's a Sith doing acrobatics and fighting with a lightsaber. I want to do that. And, you know, <laughs> cue to me running into my garage, swinging a stick around. Um, so once I found that art, I was like, oh, this is what he was doing. This is what I want to do. And I little did I know that was going to lead me into film later, <laughs> which was kind of cool. So, well, you know what they say: do what you love, you'll yeah. find your way. Yep. Uh, yeah, and so and so you came out here. You were uh, heavily involved in martial arts, and and at one point you actually went and trained in China. Yeah. So 
right before I moved here, I went to China for the first time. And originally it was just a study language. I was taking Chinese at uh, Westchester University in Pennsylvania. And uh, I was already doing Wushu then, so I got to do a little bit of it out there. But then in 2014, I think, we went with a whole group of uh, people from South Coast Martial Arts. My uh, second teacher, his name's Philip Sahagin, uh, took a group of us and we went to Shaolin Temple. Um, we visited a bunch of like top martial arts schools in the surrounding area. And that was like, you know, at that point I had been pretty far into training and we were doing, you know, we did demon training the summer before, which is like, we trained super, super hard. We like cried every week cause we we're just training so hard. And like, um, so when we got there, it was a really cool experience to like realize that, you know, I think a lot of people want to go to China to train because they're like, it's authentic and it's real. And we got there and we're like, okay, we're gonna get the real training. And then we proceeded to do the same things we had already been doing for the past like couple of years, <laughs> realizing that where you train isn't what makes it authentic. It's how you do it, mm-hmm. which I think was a cool lesson um, to bring into film. It's like a lot of people wait for their big break or, you know, the big job to happen. And it's like, you can do it now. You can do it the same way. You just got to not let where you are dictate how you do it, you know? Sure. So China was a really awesome experience. So I kind of brought in my horizons on a lot of things. You guys all started to make some fight short films and things like that. And eventually out of the mall, is that yeah. one of the first ones or? Yeah. So out of the mall came from Rogue One being announced and going, <laughs> oh, they're doing, you know, I think actually, I think it was more Star Wars was being announced in general. And I was like, oh man, I want to be in a Star Wars film. Like, I don't have an agent, I don't have a manager. All I have is like four friends that are down to do anything. So we, I rode out of the mall um, and four of us went up to NorCal to shoot in the Redwoods because very heavily Star Wars inspired. <laughs> so, you know, we wanted, I wanted to go, okay, I'm not in a Star Wars film yet. So like, what is our ode to Star Wars, you know? And we were influenced a lot by like Firefly and, and you know, uh, just sci-fi films in general. So we wrote really quick, like five minutes short, and we went to NorCal to shoot in the Redwoods, you know, again, Star Wars influence. And it was four of us. It was me and my friend Ashley, who acted opposite of me, who was also the makeup artist. (laughs) My friend Luke DP'd it and also did sound and did everything (laughs) behind the camera. And then my friend Riley directed it and also played the bad guys in it. And also we only had one outfit. So we did the, you know, one shot over here and then he teleports and he's over here and he played multiple bad guys very indie uh homegrown style but um yeah it was just one of those things where it was like don't wait for an opportunity if you want to be in something showcase yourself doing something in a world similar and it was a really fun you know we shot it in one day and i mean it looks amazing for one day Shoot. You would never know that it was only four people yeah. doing all the work for everything, you know, um, <laughs> which was really fun. So, so yeah, it was a, it was a good time. Yeah. I, th- I think, you know, you, you understand this more than most, but like as a, as an actor, there's so little that you can control for your career because everyone else is making those decisions, whether or not you get it, like you have to be as good as you can be. You have to whatever your look is has to be the best version of that. Yeah. But beyond that, it's like, here I am. And, and, you know, unless you're doing those kinds of things where you're making your own 
projects or you're doing things on YouTube, you know, it's, mm. that's how you grow a following. That's how you, you know, grow your skill set. And, you know, I hope everybody does that who wants to be an actor. Because I think also you may find you like something better than acting. You right. know, for me, that's what happened. I mean, I, I used to make movies in college because I wanted to be in a movie. And nobody was making movies. Yeah. So I'll only make a movie so I could be in one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and eventually grew to love that more mm -hmm. than than acting. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you just never know where a path's going to lead. Yeah. I mean, filmmaking in general, it's like, you know, I would say it's a miracle that a film was made because mm -hmm. there's so many moving parts. Right. And if you're an actor, all of those moving parts have to be working before you can even get the chance to jump into the chance to get into the thing right like so many so many steps so yeah i mean i think it's hard if you're not creating your own stuff because if you're just auditioning all the time i mean auditioning is kind of the you know they say the audition is the work and if you book the job that's the the cherry on top right but at some point you need to express yourself and see it on film and and be able to I, there's such a great opportunity to grow from doing those things no doubt. um yeah and you never i mean you can look back at self-tapes or but you can't do it if you go to an in-person audition i mean we're not really doing that anymore but um so i think um luckily doing those shorts and just cr constantly creating i think let me grow a lot faster than if i was just auditioning because i can go back and look at the tape and go I liked everything I did here. These are the things I want to improve on, you know? Yeah. And you just kind of never know, like if, if you, if you put something in a festival, you know, the people that go to those festivals are filmmakers you know? yeah. and sometimes they're on, you know, a small scale, like what we're doing or they're on a larger scale. You just don't know. And they may see you and go, Oh, he looks perfect for this thing mm -hmm. I'm doing. Um, and that's, you know, you've got to make your own, make your own way, especially as an actor. How do you see that journey? You know, as far as like, you know, I kind of felt like as an actor, I was banging into the walls constantly trying to find a door mm -hmm. that didn't exist. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then you, you try to find creative ways to create a door um, and making short films and things like that is, is one of those things. But um, how is that journey going for you? And, and what are you seeing in like current day? Because for me, you know, I haven't acted in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's not so different than before in terms of like banging your head on a wall, right? Because, <laughs> you know, everybody has a camera in their pocket now. So it's much easier to create things, which is awesome because there's more creativity happening because it's no longer, you know, the the barrier of entry is kind of gone because every person's got a cell phone camera, right? right? Um, so it's great. That means there's more people getting seen, which just means the pool of talent is bigger to pull from, which for me, I think, well, I think for a lot of actors, it's hard because you want less competition so that you can get seen and hopefully <laughs> do something. But, but for me, I just love seeing inspirational stories or, or films. And to me, if it, if that pool is bigger and we get to see more things, well, that's just going to inspire me to do hopefully cooler shit. Because I love just getting inspired by everything, so um, it's it's harder. But I got lucky that I got a got a job with Cirque du Soleil, and that kind of helped me grow as an artist and kind of 
I think maybe jump ahead in some areas of like getting seen and and um <laughs> well that's certainly true your, your <laughs> face was all over las vegas boulevard for six months yeah yeah let's talk a little bit about that obviously that's um now a year old because yeah. of the pandemic but um feels like yesterday still yeah right T- tell us uh, about the show run at the luxor in las vegas yeah so uh a while ago at this point cirque um hit me up and was like, you know, we're, we're doing an action show. Uh, do you want to do stunts? And I was like, at the time, I'm like, I want to be an actor. I don't want to fall downstairs for a living anymore. <laughs> so I was like, no, thank you. Uh, and I, I don't know. And, and at the time, we had some other projects planned. And I was like, you know, I have this, this, and this plan. Like, thank you for the interest, but I'm going to pass. And uh, a couple months later, I get a call from a guy named JD. And he was like, hey, do you have a moment? I just want to talk to you about a show. And I was like, sure, maybe they want me to like consult because it's stunt heavy. And I was like, okay. I take the call and they're like, we want you to audition for the hero role. They're like, are you interested in that? I'm like, oh, it's an acting and a martial art role? Yes, I'm interested. That's way (laughs) my wheelhouse. So I ended up auditioning um, and they offered me the part. And I took it because a lot of it was, it's in my wheelhouse acting role martial arts and then they were like oh robert rodriguez is uh he's writing the show and it's gonna is gonna have a large part in it like in creating it i was like well that's a bucket <laughs> list i want to like tick off so i was like I- i'm in so you mean robert rodriguez robert rodriguez yes yeah. the <laughs> robert rodriguez and i asked I, it's funny i asked him that question because i was like is there's this a lot just of people named robert rodriguez. yeah is this just <laughs> random robert rodriguez or is this like the robert rodriguez so um, so yeah, I, I took it. We went to Montreal. We did creation for a month in Montreal and then we moved to Vegas and started creating the show. And it was really cool, not a sidestep per se, um, because there was a lot of film elements involved in the show. So we, we shot a short film that played at the top of the show. Uh, our stunt coordinator, his name is John Frenette, he worked on like Titans. I think he was currently working on the show Titans as we were filming the short film for run. Um, so it was a lot of cool, you know, film stunts. And then at the end of the short, I literally jumped through a window as I'm running away from people and then end up in the audience. <laughs> so it was a really cool, like film straight into live action. You know, we had a ton of, you know, different film elements in the show. So I thought it was a really cool opportunity to get to explore film, but also, get to do some theater style acting which mm-hmm. i think helped a lot because i think a lot of people in the u.s only act for film and like you look at people in the uk and you're like wow these guys are so good like why are these actors like kind of a league above and it's because they do stage a lot and mm-hmm. you learn how to act in a 360 degree environment which you know especially with the way virtual production not, stuff not three lines at a time yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like you have to you know I got to know it's a one take. So you have to know all your fight choreography (laughs) and you have to do it like perfect every night or someone gets hurt. And of course, some things happen and sometimes you have to adjust and, you know, you kick someone a little too hard and you have to apologize off stage, which (laughs) happens sometimes. Uh, But it was a really nice training experience with heavy, heavy stunts. I mean, the first move we did when I came out of the window is I like, push kick a guy in the chest and he lands on his back right next to like people sitting in their seats. <laughs> so like the, the um, technical ability to hit the same mark 
doing a heavy stunt. You know, for me, it's easy. I know I can kick a guy in the chest the same way, and that's not the issue. But, like, Sergey, who <laughs> had to, like, land on his head every night and not get hurt and not hit the people in the seats, like, it was just a really good training experience. I can imagine. And and funnily enough, I feel like it launched you uh, in a way, you know, into the stratosphere, at least in a theater sense, because... You know, every this was the first Cirque show that actually kind of had a storyline to follow, like a through line. Yeah. And you were like the hero. And because of that, you were on every billboard and, and literally on the side of the Luxor itself. And so your face is everywhere. And it was funny because I, I was luckily able to come to the show before the pandemic shut everything down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I noticed people in the audience when you're the guy on the poster and you're the guy in the film and then you're the guy that comes out the window, people go, Oh my God, that's the real guy. You know, (laughs) it's like, it's it's not some, you know, off night or something, you know, and that really, that meant a lot to the audience. I know. And, and, and because of that, it's like, you are this huge, you know, Lance Burton and George Wallace and (laughs) Mark Paletti, you know, I mean, those are the faces that you see. That you saw for six months in Las Vegas. Yeah. I think the the first time that kind of tripped me out is I was looking at a billboard. It was a digital bill, bill, uh, billboard and Lady Gaga was up there <laughs> and then it switched and then it was my face. And I was like, oh, holy shit. That's kind of cool. You know, it's definitely a, a interesting experience because like, I mean, if you came out of the airport, we had a like massive billboard of me running at you and it was just cool, you know. To go from unknown indie actor, martial artist guy to suddenly, like there was one day where he took over the entire strip and my face was on literally every digital billboard <laughs> from the start to the end of the strip. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, you you see that kind of stuff and it's usually reserved for like Marvel shows or Star Wars or, you know, big projects with like $200 million budgets. Right. And then... You walk down in Vegas and people are like, "Oh, are you the you're the guy on the you're that guy." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's me. Like, how's it going?" You know. So it was, it was a really cool experience. Easy to get a date, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't know it at the time. I was just like, "Oh yeah, I guess that is me." Like, come see our show. <laughs> no, and 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 I feel like that should translate into some work out here. I mean, for various reasons, obviously with Robert Rodriguez being involved. Mm-hmm. And now we've worked with him again mm-hmm. um, on something. I don't know if we can talk about it yet. Spoilers. Depends on when this comes out. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, and also just, you know, I think if it ran longer, I think it would have been a faster turnaround for you to something here. But of course, obviously, when everything shut down, everything yeah. here shut down yeah, too. Yeah, the world, I mean, yeah. the world shut down. Yeah. So... So maybe when it picks back up, you'll start to see some returns from that. Yeah, I think so. Because hopefully, it, it definitely was a. I mean, it was a great show. There were some really interesting things. I'm glad it ended when it did because I f- was pretty sure you were going to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of my friends go, "How are you not dead?" Like we thought you were going to die. I mean, there were some cool stunts. There's definitely um, danger was a huge aspect of the show. I mean, there were some people doing crazier things than I was, like the freak show artist. You know, swallowing sword. I mean, I was putting a meat hook in Ozzy's face. Yeah, that was quite disgusting. a bit. And the learning curve to, 
you know, deal with seeing someone's bodily fluids so oh. close to you. <laughs> if I can find it, I'll send it to you. There are videos of me gagging. I'm gagging while while they're swallowing the sword. <laughs> it's not even me. Like, why am I? I mean, those guys are incredible. Um, <laughs> especially all the, the bike stunts, too. Like, those guys are, you know, we had... Oh, that stuff was crazy. I mean, we had... Our stage, it wasn't a massive stage, right? Yeah. But we somehow still fit two giant ramps mm-hmm. for guys on electric bikes to jump like 30 feet into the air. Yeah. Like, and and by the way, the, the runway to stop on the side of the stage was like 12 feet. Yeah. It wasn't like they had a huge runway. They had to literally like do the trick, land the bike and be braking on the ramp on the landing ramp so that they could slide and sideways and hit the, the mat and not like crash. I mean, those guys are, it's, I mean, it was amazing. There's a lot of really, really talented people involved in that production. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that was, that was truly incredible and, and such a visual, um, just such a visual thing to see. I mean, very much the way Cirque du Soleil always is something, you know, incredibly visual, mm-hmm. but this had, this had more of a, it felt like you were, in a movie it felt, or a comic book, you know, yeah. maybe a mix between the two mm-hmm. and uh, just really well done. It's, and, and you guys had some pretty interesting, uh, I would call virtual production uh, things oh, yeah. as well. I mean, with that Camaro, um, you know, talk about the Camaro cause that's pretty cool. Yeah. So we had a, an act called Rev where we did a fight scene on a driving car. So we had a, a treadmill set up behind the car and then we had a Camaro, style car on a hydraulic system that could spin and rotate and shake and and behind that we had a rear like rear projection projection of like the street going the streets by. in vegas yeah. and like you know the desert so this you know we did this whole chase scene where we're you know had all these moving parts from virtual like basically virtual production stunts uh hydraulic system and and then we also had uh, motorcycles <laughs> so like we're doing the fight on the car and then backup shows up and two guys on like motocross bikes are driving on the treadmill behind the car <laughs> so like you have a, a car that's not moving that looks like it's moving but then you have real motorcycles on a treadmill and they're really moving and then they like speed past the car i mean it was so many moving parts and meanwhile you're fighting on top of the car and, and we're, help you if you fall off yeah yeah i mean <laughs> it's you know there's a lot of i mean that act was probably my favorite act. Just there's so many moving parts. To it was it. the most memorable for me, for sure, and especially because, you know, I was thinking to myself watching it, like this is really this is really neat, but like it's very it feels very two dimensional. And then the car turned, and when the car turned, the background on the projection screen turned with it, and it was I I lost my mind. I was like, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely um, one of the cooler like magic tricks that we had in our show for sure yeah for it was sure. fun. incredible show uh i hope it it brings a lot of acting work to you you most recently acted in um a teaser for a project at my studio here um mm-hmm. called speed demon which i think is going to be a really fun and actually kind of kind of reminds me of your show actually yeah you know <laughs> it was funny because I, I took a like a, a selfie video to send to we have a group chat with all the the performers from run and i was like guys i don't know what it is but fight scenes and cars on projection stages somehow are following me 
Um, and they were like, oh, like, what are you guys working on? Like, that looks like Rev, except with a Mini Cooper versus a Camaro. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty similar, actually. It was kind of nostalgic in a way. Yeah, really, really fun. And uh, always interesting to try to work out the technical details of virtual production, uh, which is what we're faced with now. Mm-hmm. at Orbital Studios. Yeah. And and that's a yet another place where you are showing up, you know, and and, I, and again like not asking for something. You're basically what can I do, you yeah. know? Um and that's like, you know, I can't find better friends than what I have, you know, and yeah. and coworkers cuz honestly like, you know, this is the kind of thing the film industry if you love it, you don't care about the money. You know, you you want money so you can feed yourself. Yeah. But like, if you're it. doing something cool, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And um, and you've always been one of those people that feels that way. And that's how we get things done that look like they should cost lots of money because they should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a part of something? like innovative and kind of like in a pioneering space and then to do that with like close friends like you can't really ask for anything else so yeah it's funny we we've had a few productions here and and everybody comments on how great the crew is and i think it's because we're not working (laughs) you know we're just this is what we do for fun yeah in fact you know our gaffer uh Hunter Leisure, he's the gaffer on uh, Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so he works Monday through Friday, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. And then he comes here and works. <laughs> just <laughs> like, swings over and he, is like. Yeah, like really? Like you don't need to come here. No, no, I love the stuff. I want to learn how to, you know, it's like that's that's the attitude that I think people should have if they're going to be involved in film in general. Yeah, I agree. Um, so tell me, what else are you working on? I know you have some. You did a, a short, or not really a short, more of like a pitch uh, called Jack and Jill, mm-hmm. which uh, looks amazing. Also, another really cool. I, I think one of the things that you are good at, and one of the things we talk about a lot, is not having fight scenes for the sake of fight scenes. You know, mm-hmm. making sure that they're pushing the drama forward or the story forward. And I felt like Jack and Jill was the perfect example of that. You can talk a little about that. Yeah. Um, so we did Jack and Jill. I, I wrote it with my friend Julie Zahn, who's another great actor. Um, and it kind of came from, you know, one of the ideas was she wanted to do action. And I wanted to direct because my kind of my directing debut. Um, and she was like, okay, I want to do action. Like, how can we write something? I was like, well, we got to write a story. Like, I'm... I love seeing people explore concepts and there's a lot of like fight videos that come out and they're usually shot in a forest or uh, like graffiti tunnel. And it's like, you see it in everybody's stuff and I get it. It's a free location. Like it's great for concepts and like to practice, but I think there is something worthy of putting money into something and trying to create a larger scale concept. So Jack and Jill, the story needed to be the reason for the fighting and not the other way around. So, you know, we, we talked about this kind of like, um, Mr. And Mrs. Smith style series that put two people who loved each other and made them fight. 
and and it was for a greater good cause, which I just thought it was, you know, to Super me, smart. it's yeah. Well, it's it's just interesting to you have two people who agree about a mission of greater good that they have to do. And then you have this like great villain um, played by my friend Doug, who was like, oh, I see that these two people care about each other. Well, what do they care about more, each other or the greater good? And obviously one probably cares about that more than the other person. And that's the conflict that you kind of get to explore. But for me, it was just like, I just want to see a reason why two people are beating themselves up, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And love is always a great uh, feeling to make people do that. (laughs) It was, to me, it was just a really interesting concept that I wanted to see. Well, and and it it was really interesting um, in that you're watching them fight going, thinking to you know it's funny because it's it's fake fighting right and mm-hmm. it, but but you're thinking are they pulling their punches like you know like yeah because this is supposed to be kind of a show like they're kind of fighting for show yeah and then it's like wait oh they're they're like you know they're taking this seriously now they have to because this guy's gonna kill one of them. it was like yeah very very well thought out and i really hope that becomes uh something yeah me too <laughs> it's a fun it's a fun world to play in where it's like realistic high stakes as opposed to I think there's a little bit of a burnout from world ending high stakes. Sure. Um, and like, you know, a, you know, Winter Soldier was another series at Marvel. They're like, oh, they're making it personal again, mm-hmm. um, which I love because, you know, there's a place for for like world ending high stakes stories. But I think making people with superpowers have like having something to resonate with them and like making it a smaller scale will make you care about those characters more when they do have to save the world. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. I think you know, we were talking about this the other day, but I think the the narrative structure of a feature film has been done so many times now that I feel like at least our culture is kind of tired of it. You know, mm-hmm. we're kind of like, we want more depth. Yeah. And I think that's what Marvel sort of tapped into in in making movie after movie that all connected, you know, 20 movies that connect. And now you're doing series that will then connect to future movies. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're going to be able to give so much depth to these characters. And by the way, using the same actors, like how do they get those deals? Yeah. And that's a, it's, I mean, you could never have done that 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're not getting Robert Downey Jr., you know, to show up for five movies, much less, uh, you know, get Sebastian Stan to do the movie. And then, you know, he does a movie where he dies in like, you know, 20 minutes and he comes back and he's like the lead in the next movie. Yeah. And now you put him in the TV show. Like, yeah. How's that work? You know, that's crazy. It's, it's cool. You know, I agree. I think people have kind of grown past the, how do we get attached to a character in two hours? Mm -hmm. I think they want, you know, it's interesting because you look at like uh, Harry Potter, right? Where you, you had a, an entire generation of fans grow up at the same rate the characters did. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, Star Wars did it too, though they weren't the same characters, even though it was the same story. So you kind of were attached in a similar way, which I think is why both those franchises have enormous reach mm-hmm. across the world. It's because you kind of grew up with it. Um, but like Harry Potter, you know, growing up with those characters and now Marvel, you're watching you know, Robert Downey Jr. 
age as Iron Man. Yeah. And you feel it because his priorities change. And, like, you see it from him being, you know, pretty selfish, I would say, in Iron Man 1. Sure. To, you know, sacrificing, sacrificing himself yeah. for the world. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's cool. And, and it's not it's not forced anymore because you're you're watching it happen over 10 years, 15 years, or, or however long it's been, you know? Yeah. So, it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's a neat sort of change to the format i think that we're gonna start seeing a lot more i think with the star wars tv shows as well you're Mm -hmm. gonna get a lot more depth and as we build you know they build things that you go oh i really like that they'll just keep feeding it and feeding it until they go all right now let's do the big world ending yeah star war yeah (laughs) the (laughs) star war (laughs) the star war um and that's interesting and i think a lot of other studios are trying to figure out how to create a similar structure for themselves though not many have figured it out yeah i mean i think it's the patience right Mm -hmm. to be able to like do a series and go in 10 years it's gonna it's gonna be huge and i think a lot of business-minded people in the industry go yeah but if we're spending 200 million dollars on this we want to see return as fast as possible sure it's like give it some time to breathe yeah you know and also just the, the quality level. I mean, when you, I, I feel like they've learned a lot from Pixar because the quality of the story and the time that it takes, you know, it, it doesn't matter what day you deliver it mm-hmm. if it sucks. Right. So if you make something that's timeless, that's way more valuable and it's worth every other dime you had to put into it. Yeah. You know, yeah. So Mandalorian may be an expensive show or the Lord of the Rings show. They just said, you know, one of the most million expensive shows one. ever. <laughs> um, if they spend that money well and they have a great story, it's going to live forever, just like the movies did. Yeah. So, you know, that's the lesson. Don't skimp on story or, or you know, visuals. Cause yeah. That's what you're creating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think, I think hopefully Amazon, I mean... Amazon has the budget to throw half a billion dollars at something and go, let's see if it works because they're worth a ton of money. Um, But, you know, I think that is the key. It's like spend the energy and the money and the time on the the things that really matter. Don't worry about how much money is this going to make us tomorrow. Right. Because if you build a classic story, like you said, it's going to last forever. Yeah. So hopefully more studios... uh, pick up on that <laughs> yeah or I, let us do it for them because yeah we'll do it you know uh yeah if it feels like it's just a it's like a difference in culture at each company mm-hmm. you know it seems like the way things are done at disney i don't know everybody seems to be on the same page and i feel like at other places you know like dc or warner um they have divisions and they don't necessarily have a lot to do with each other so right. you've got the you know, the Greg Berlanti TV shows. And then you've got the movies and everybody goes, why don't you use the flash from the movie? Oh, Grant Gustin's everybody's favorite. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but this is a movie. You know, they're still kind of thinking in that like old. Yeah. Kind of thinking. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there is that like, Oh, I'm a TV actor versus a film actor thing. And I'm like, I don't, I think it's the culture is kind of like it's meshed now. So much like, so. Yeah. I mean, you look at what, Star Wars and, and Marvel are doing for TV shows and you're like, you could watch it in a theater. Yeah. So like let the TV shows 
like I, I don't know, maybe there's a culture where there's like budget things in the way that, you know like okay you have like three takes uh, on a TV show because everything's moving super quick and it's like well uh, like maybe give it more room to breathe so that it can level up because you know I think the guy Grant who plays the Flash could do it yeah no doubt you know I think a lot of people on TV given the the time and the space to develop the character for a film like they could do it yeah so I think he is going to show up in the Flash movie they're I hope so they're doing all yeah it seems like it you know with all the different Batmans they're going to have gonna, yeah you know. it would be a huge missed opportunity I think yeah to not do that yeah I, I agree let the fans have what they want yeah but yeah, so so what are you thinking as far as um, moving forward with your career? Obviously, you are an actor, you are um, a fight choreographer, a stunt coordinator, a filmmaker. Um, you know, you're you're pitching show ideas. Um, what's your what's you what do you think your main focus is going to be moving forward, and and how are you going to drive toward that? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, I mean. I almost kind of have a similar feel to when I came out for martial arts and that acting, I want to be my main focus because I feel like there's only a certain time frame that I think I can play the best things I can play. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think, you know, moving forward, it's a lot of the same. Keep creating, you know, hopefully someone will see something or, you know, for, for me, it's a lot of like, as long as I can pay my bills, and I can express myself artistically, I don't really have like, uh, I don't feel like I'm, I'm stuck in the water mm-hmm. if I just keep creating things. Obviously I wanna be in a Star Wars film. Like that's my goal, my dream goal, right? It's like, <laughs> that's what I want. So getting there, as long as I can do, you know, pay my bills and be able to learn as much as I can and continue growing as a, you know, an actor, as a filmmaker, um, it seems like I'm doing the right things, you know? So, yeah. And, and, you know, know, you never know the, the things that you make with four friends. You never know when your fourth friend becomes JJ Abrams. You're right. You know, like, (laughs) especially I'm, I'm extremely lucky in that a lot of my close friends are insanely talented. I, you know, I kind of attribute that to one of the reasons why I think I learned as quick as I did is because I was surrounded by people who were really talented at what they were doing and I could kind of like almost leech off their experience a little bit and and be able to like look at it and go, this is why this person's great. What can I learn from them? What can I learn from this person? You know, Um, so yeah, like you you just never know. Totally. So I just gotta keep keep doing it. That's kind of the trick. I learned it from martial arts. It's like martial arts, you do the same thing 10,000 times 10 for 10,000 hours and then you've mastered the basic and now you can continue right so for me it's like keep doing it and you'll get there you just got to keep the fire going yeah and it's sort of like they say uh you know if you if you can live your life doing anything else do it because it the amount of passion it's going to take and drive it's going to take to continue as you as you know because of you know you hear no a lot or you don't hear anything, you know, <laughs> which is the worst. It's, it's one of the things they always say about a movie, like the script has to be absolute gold before you start 
working and then you're going to start making changes to it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but, but it has to be gold already because everyone has to believe in it right. because when you get in the trenches and it starts getting hard and you can't see the end of the road anymore, you're going to forget why you're there. Yeah. Unless you remember yep. why we started this. Yeah. You know, I, I never liked that saying before. It's like, oh, if you love anything else, go do it because this isn't the industry for you. And I, and in the beginning it was like, I almost took it as a challenge. I'm like, no, I'm going to like other things more and still do this. And I was like, I realized that's not, that wasn't really the point of that saying. It seems like it's disheartening, but really it's so, it can be soul sucking, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, you hear no all the time or you see people getting money for things and then they put out a product that is like, how did this cost anything? Like, it looks like you shot it for 10 bucks. <laughs> it's like, let me have some of that so I can show you, you know, so you do have to love it. Um, and fortunately I can't see myself literally doing anything else. So, which is great because I don't have a choice, <laughs> right? There's no other option. It's like, I, maybe I would love to go do something else, but honestly, I can't see me literally doing anything that's not film related. Yeah. But luckily I love a lot of film. So there's a lot of options, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like we were talking about yesterday. I uh, I had a great job where I didn't have to work a lot. I could do a lot from home. I got paid every week. I, it was on salary. I had benefits. And um, I decided to give all that up and start a studio where I'm currently not being paid. <laughs> and I work seven days a week, yep. 12 hours a day. And I had my first day off in six weeks on Tuesday. <laughs> and my family's like, what is, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? So yeah, you got to love it. A lot of people, you know, like we're talking about me doing a lot of stuff, right? And like first ADing is something that I've kind of fallen into being good at. And I have a lot of friends who are like, oh, why don't you just do that? That's a great way in. I'm like, well, yeah, I'll get paid. And I will do it for cool people and cool projects. <laughs> but like, if I just wanted to get paid, I would just go work at Starbucks. Right. You know, and it's just like, but like taking, you know, like working at Orbital, it's like, it's not an acting job, but like, it's adding towards something. It's building in the right direction. And for me, that's like the most important thing is like, in terms of like being able to keep pushing a career forward, it's like, know what you want and like, Go for the thing that you want. And if it's something that you don't want and you can't learn anything from it, then don't take it. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So. Yeah, I think, funnily enough, that's kind of why I stopped acting. Because I I realized at one point that to pay my bills, I was going to have to do things I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was at a commercial audition when I realized it. I just, I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing that I... I I don't want any, I don't want to do this. And, yeah. I, and I, if I get called back, I have to do it right? <laughs> because I need the money, you yeah. know? And, uh, and that was kind of what I was like, you know what? Uh, I don't really want to do this. I don't like, for me, it was like, I don't, I don't like the lack of control over anything as an act. Like you, you control your character pretty mm-hmm. much if you get it. Right. You know, and, and that's such a crapshoot to begin with. Um, 
So, you know, for, for me, it was like, well, let me at least do something where I have some control over what it is. And then if it sucks, it's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> there is, there is a, like some relief in that. Yeah. It's yeah. like being able to have control over how shitty it can be. Yeah. Right. It can go either way. It can either be the best thing or, you know, but regardless, it's all the learning experience to get better. Acting is so much having, letting other people have control. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, I very much don't like that. <laughs> right. Like, especially even in martial arts, it's like you're learning how to control your body and not let other people affect it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's them emotionally doing something to you or like punching you in the face, <laughs> I don't want your fist to affect my face. Right. <laughs> um, so it is, it is kind of weird to want to do something that is so much out of my control. But it's the fire of that dream that's like you can let someone else have control because you're going to eventually do this thing, you know? Right, right. So, it was, you know, it's a push and pull battle, I guess. You never know what step gets you where you ultimately belong. Yeah. Where can people look you up and see your stuff? Yeah. Instagram at Mark underscore Paletti. Um, P-O-L-E-T-T-I. Yep. And uh, probably the orbital uh instagram since we're doing a lot of stuff oh yeah uh, youtube we have a little our our indie uh production company is called mountain bar productions so you can also see some of the stuff we've done on there that's another episode of the call sheet in the books i'm your host aj wedding you can follow me on instagram at that director aj or join our facebook page the call sheet for updates on the show see you next time